You're listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast with Angela Henderson, episode 154. Hey there, you're listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast. My name is Angela Henderson, and on this show, we talk about improving your business, life, or both by having amazing and rich conversations with brilliant guests who will inspire you and who will give you tips and tricks to help you grow both in life and in business. Well, hey there, amazing human, and welcome back to another awesome episode of the Business and Life Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Ange, from Angela Henderson Consulting, where I'm an international award-winning business consultant and coach who's helped thousands of amazing women business owners to get all the pieces in place to have consistent four and five-figure months, and then on to six and seven-plus-figure years without burning out in the process. Today, I want to have an honest chat about introverts break down some myths, because I feel that introverism, yes, that is a word, is often misunderstood, especially when it comes to running a business, a successful business. Let's start with the simple misconception that only extroverts are successful business owners. I call bullshit people. Some of the most successful and famous business owners, both males and women, are, wait for it, introverts. For example, we've got Audrey Hepburn, we've got J.K. Rowling, we've got Christina Aguilera, and some of the amazing male entrepreneurs such as Bill Gates, Martin Zuckerberg, and Elon Musk. I mean, seriously, these people have killed it, and they've all been introverts. As an introvert, there are many, many advantages. But are you playing to those advantages? I don't know. And that's why I brought on the amazing Jessica Williamson today to talk about this on the podcast. Today, we're going to dive deep about how introverts are underestimated. We're going to talk about some myths about introverts in business. We're not equally going to talk about the benefits of being an introvert. And also, Jess is going to share with us some of her top tips for introverts to succeed in business. But before we get into this episode, I want to let you know that this podcast episode is sponsored by Australia's leading four-day, three-night women in business retreat, an exclusive women in business retreat that I run every year. The retreat is where we focus on women having the chance to connect, refocus, learn, and grow in order to grow both in business and life. This amazing event with only seven tickets left at time of recording is getting ran through November 4th through the 7th at the Gold Coast. And as I said, as an exclusive event, only 50 tickets are available and only seven tickets remain. I've got a good friend of mine, Denise Duffield-Thomas, is opening keynote. We've got Cherie from Digital Picnic and so many other top speakers. So if you want to surround yourself with amazing humans that are going to lift you up at the conference and also post-conference, if you want some daily masterminds, if you want to have fun, and if you want to eat your meals uninterrupted and sleep uninterrupted, then this is the retreat for you. To learn more about this amazing event and to purchase one of the last seven tickets remaining, head to AngelaHenderson.com.au, click on my service button, and the retreat will be there waiting for you to secure that ticket. Now let's get into today's amazing episode talking all about introversion. And yes, that is a word. Welcome to the show, Jess. Thanks so much, Angela. I'm super excited to chat. Dude, I'm super excited to have you here today too. It's always fun to bring other amazing humans, especially those Aussies in our country together. So super excited to have you here today talking about how introverts can thrive as women in business. And to think, 
you know, over on Clubhouse. We initially met on Clubhouse. Two business coaches working with women in amazing ways, being able to connect over on a platform. Now, I know we were just talking before we hit uh, record that neither of us are really actively on Clubhouse anymore, but Clubhouse did serve its purpose. It brought me together with you. It brought me together with my favorite author, Bob Burke. Um, It was a good little platform for a while. But as we also talked about, uh, you know, that fear of missing out, right, and being on the platforms and being seen and and just that importance of you and I both felt there wasn't a lot of connection over on Clubhouse really. It was a bit tokenistic, right? Yeah, absolutely. It was awesome to connect a little bit with you. I'd seen you popping up on my Facebook and and a few different places, but we got to really connect and get to know each other a little bit more. But I think for now, we're going to focus on our own platforms. Exactly. And that's what so often I think people, we we all, no one can say that you don't ever have the fear of missing out, right? I think we all have that to some degree. But then really honing in on and understanding what is our zone of genius? Where are our people and how do we show up on those platforms and, and build our own real estate versus building it on other people's land? Now, also, though, as an introvert, right, and we're going to talk about this in a minute, is something like Clubhouse can still be a good platform for introverts, right? Because you don't have to show up, right? As in like live speaking, you can kind of check in and check out. And so I want to bring that back up later. We'll loop back around to that because I think it's important when we also talk about social media platforms and how they can help us and or hinder us as an introvert later on. But before we hop into the amazing topic about how introverts can thrive as women in business, I always like to start the podcast off by asking a fun question so that the audience gets to know my guests a little bit better. So my fun question to you is, is I know just from, you know, hanging out in your field for a little while and and observing you and then looking through your Instagram as I was preparing for this is you have a love for the beach and water. So my question to you is, is what is your all-time favorite beach or water hideout in the world? Oh, Hawaii is probably my absolute favorite place. It's got the mountains, it's got the water, and I don't know what it is, but when I've been to Hawaii four times now, which sounds a little bit crazy being all the way from Perth, it's definitely (laughs) in Hawaii. Um, But every time you step off the plane, I said to my partner last time, doesn't the colors here just look different? Like the sky is more blue and the water looks like Gatorade it's like it's just amazing it feels like you're in a a fantasy movie so Hawaii is my number one place and I can't wait to get back there when we are eventually allowed to because Hawaii is beautiful and there is something magical I've been to Hawaii a few times myself that it is different to Australia yes I do believe we've got some amazing beaches over here but I just feel the greenery that is represented in Hawaii just the lushness and its tropics. And as you said, when you walk off in Hawaii, you're hit with this warmth, right? From the, what is it? It's not condensation, humidity, right? It's like you feel like you you just transform from where you were to where you're at. And it almost puts you into this, like you're on tourist vibe mode because you just go, you breathe it in, you go, yep, I'm here. And you already start holiday feelings. And now I do love Hawaii. Again, it's not too far from Australia, but dear COVID, please start opening up the yes. do you know what I mean international travel thank you very much everyone I would say <laughs> so yes now now that we know a little bit about your love of water that you're dying to also equally get back to Hawaii maybe we maybe we should run our next retreat in Hawaii that would be fun we oh, could yeah. team up over there right. that would be awesome <laughs> now I'd love for you just to briefly share with the audience because I never like to assume that my audience knows all my guests I'd love for you to share a little bit about where you started your business journey and what are you up to today how much time do we have? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, short, short brief there. 
Sure. Yes. Um, so I started my business journey back in 2016 when I was just 22 and I was working full time in digital marketing, but I'd always had this entrepreneurial spirit, even when I had to, and I say had to, but, you know, when I was choosing the degree that I wanted to study at uni, because, you know, that's the path that I thought I had to take. I actually chose to study management because I decided at 17, I was going to be a CEO one day. So management sounds like it will come in handy. So <laughs> I've kind of always had that, that mindset, even though I have been more of a quieter, um, introverted person, which is what we're going to chat about today. Mm-hmm. And so I started my first business, Etty Swimwear, in 2016, and it grew pretty quickly. I really had no experience or n- knowledge of the manufacturing industry, business. The only thing I had was a bit of marketing experience behind me. But within one week of launching, I was actually invited to New York Fashion Week. And that just skyrocketed the international opportunities that I had. So I grew and scaled that brand and I still do own the brand as well. But I've grown it to a point where it almost runs itself and I'm not needed in the day-to-day activity Mm -hmm. that now I can really focus on my coaching, which is where I'm really passionate about helping young female entrepreneurs because at the time I was 22. Mm -hmm. I had no one to look up to. I pretty much figured it all out myself and I didn't really discover coaches until about three years into my journey. So I'd had a lot of trial and error, um, a lot of failures, but I picked myself up pretty quickly and kept going. But I wanted to share that that knowledge with, with other female entrepreneurs. And after that, I also started a business called Somewhere Elsewhere, which is where I would take influences from all over the world on trips, basically. So fueling my love of the beach, we got to go to Fiji, the Whit Sundays, Bali a few times, and we would just create content and promote brands as more of an agency model. And then I've had other sort of side hustles of my side hustle, I guess. So I've dabbled in a bit of photography. Uh, I had an event space here in Perth and then COVID hit. Luckily, I could exit that one. Um, But there's been a lot of different things. And I don't think this is probably the last stop on my train. But I do feel like the coaching and really helping other young females on their journey is really where I've found that I fit best. Um, And I sort of went through all of the other things to get here. Dude, I love it. And I definitely think that there's a need for that, that mentorship, that coaching, because especially if you just write out of uni, what you learn at uni is so different to that hands-on practical experience of being able to run a business. It's it, You can take some of those skills, but not all of those skills apply accordingly, right? So to be honest, I have never used one thing that I learned in uni. I mean, I learned how to drink and party um, <laughs> a lot of spare time. Um, but I, to be honest, it's all theory-based. There was not one element of social media, digital marketing whatsoever, and Mm -hmm. it blows my mind. And the uni actually invited me back to teach a lesson on digital marketing, and the head professor of digital marketing did not realise that YouTube is part of Google AdWords. (laughs) And he was like, no, 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 why are you talking about Google? I'm asking you about YouTube. And I said, it is Google. So it just blew my mind that this is what the kids are getting taught at uni paying 30 plus thousand dollars. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what are they really getting at the end of it? A piece of paper. 
and debt, right? And that's what I was having a conversation with my son the other day about, he goes, mom, do I have to go to uni? I said, you don't have to do anything, buddy. I said, we need to find something that's going to light you up. You know, Finley also has ADHD. Our brains, both of them go a million miles an hour on any given day. I was like, you've got to do what lights up. He's like, but you went to uni and had a business. I said, yeah, that's what worked for me, buddy. It might work for you. It might not. And so I think, again, having those conversations with our kids, that there are other choices out there if they choose to. Uh, again, personally, I'd rather throw 30 grand at a business for my kid you know, to start with. And we do that together than 30 grand for him may or maybe not to stay in the university because it doesn't light him up. But like, uh, you know, as someone who prepares to take risks, 30 grand could get us a nice website, get a nice branding, test some product, uh, throw it up there. And, you know, like you said, you get invited to New York Fashion Week, et cetera. Like there's so much opportunity. And I think that we've missed that there's opportunity in other places in just that education field, right? And what blows my mind is that people are so comfortable with spending 30000 plus on someone to teach them things out of a textbook mm-hmm. that they've never run a business before rather than spend one, five, ten thousand dollars on a coach who's literally done everything will get you head started on your business, hold you accountable, will have all of those extra benefits that these these things don't provide. So there's a big mindset shift that needs to happen. If people are really looking to succeed, then why not learn from people who have been there and done it? And that will again people also think or I believe they forget about the importance that you can get there quicker. So it's not only you saving money and you're saving time and you're more likely to become more profitable if you take the actions than you said, just like going to Google, YouTube and shit uh, or taking another course. Don't give me so like, don't get me wrong. I have a couple of courses that I have too. There's a time and place for courses, but I also think people self-sabotage their success by taking, I'll just sign up for that course. I'll just sign up for that course. I'll just sign up for that course. To me, there comes comes a time when you don't actually need to consume any more content, whether or not you're in university or whether or not you're in the business field. And sometimes you just need to take action. Like really like just, you just go and do the thing, you know, and, and you'll start to see some momentum and gain there. 100%. Nothing happens if nothing is implemented. So that is the key. Yep. Action, action, action. Now, today we just for... Even before we were recording, we were talking for about 20 minutes. Jess and I could keep talking about a variety of different topics that I will try and steer the shit back to our <laughs> how introverts can thrive. Because I feel introverts, there's a lot of misconception around introverts, uh, especially around the business space. But for the purpose of this particular podcast, just before we get into the nitty gritty about myths and your tips about that and things like that, I'd like to know is how are you defining introvert just so that we're all on the same page? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, I mean, this word is thrown around a lot. Now, the technical definition of it is the way that you get your energy. So introverts get their energy from being alone. And I pretty much schedule my week around alone time. Like Mm. I don't even see my partner during the week because currently we're building a house, but we don't live together currently. Mm. And I don't see him during the week because I know that I need to recharge. So Mm. That is the traditional, I guess, definition, but quite often introverts get grouped in with being quieter, um, you know, head down sort of quiet achievers, I guess, Mm -hmm. in a way. So coupling all of those things together is sort of, I'm just going to call it introvert just for the sake of of ease for this interview. I know, for example, like a lot of people will say to me, oh, and you're such an extrovert. 
your own podcast, you do your retreats, you, you, you do lives, you do reels, like there's that, but just because I'm out there, right? And I have no problem being out there. I've got no fear with being out there. The reality of it is, is from my energy perspective is I, as an introvert is I, I thrive off of yes, going to masterminds and lives and events. And I like meeting other people. But the reality of it is, is I'm more of an introvert when it comes to that energy space. So even when I run, you know, Australia's leading four day women in business retreat, I have to go to my hotel room in between things in order for my energy cup to be get filled again and that I can be on for the next time. I also share a room with nobody so that I'm in that space. And also, I know that after that retreat, as I have one, most times two to three days where I'm literally in a hotel room by myself, I only open the door to room service. Because I also know that if I jump straight into mom hat, I'm like, I'm a bitch, right? Because my energy has been so depleted because that's how, you know, my energy flows. And so have you experienced that for yourself too? Yeah, a hundred percent. And I, I have always felt the, and I've, I've done a lot of self-discovery over this, and this is what we're going to chat about. But, you know, this message that I wanted to share is definitely for that, but also for those who are quieter and maybe don't think that they can be out there. But I have always felt the kind of pressure. And I mean, society is set up to favor extroverts, you know, with group projects and, you know, school and all of these things sort of position us to be confident in meaning we have to be out there and loud but Mm -hmm. what I've learned is that I need to strip it back and so quite often I used to try and go to as many networking events as I could and I would put them back to back to back and meet with as many people as I can and and you know if I was at a retreat or a conference I would feel that I had to be in there and mingling and and really leveraging that and there is a time and place but I was never recouping my energy so Mm -hmm. Just to give you an idea, I ran an event here in Perth back in January and I had to be on stage and then I was chatting with everyone and that was amazing. It absolutely filled my cup up so much um, with fulfilment. But to be honest, it took me one whole week to feel okay again. Mm-hmm. I was so depleted with energy that I I just couldn't do anything. And so I have two events coming up in Sydney and Melbourne soon. And what I normally would do is I thought, okay, I'll fly to Melbourne. I will do my event in Melbourne on Friday night. Saturday, I'll fly to Sydney. Then Sunday, I could squeeze in the event. And then I'm only away from home and, you know, my business for for a few days. But I thought I always do this. And if it took me a week to recover from Perth, what I'm going to do this time is I'm going to fly in two days early, not the night before on a red eye flight that I normally would do. Then I'm going to run the event on Friday, have a whole week in Melbourne, catch up with people, do what I need to, just refresh myself. And I I spent a little bit more on a nicer Airbnb so I could feel like I'm at home. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to Sydney for a whole week as well. So that is something that I never would have done in the past. And now I'm in a, I'm grateful that I'm in a financial position that I can do that. But mm-hmm. in the past, I would have put them back to back and absolutely just not done my best in mm-hmm. those events as well. Yeah, And like you said, because it's that energy is that, you know, that you know, being around humans, you know, and getting energized like that, the more the extrovert versus again, 
being around humans that completely drain us, the energy that comes is that introvertness, right? So it's like, I think it's just important for people to recognize that because I do think people get pinholed into you're either this or this. And it's like, no, actually, I can present as an extrovert, but my energy is actually quite introverted, as in like, I'm depleted as fuck when I'm done, right? So it's important just to to, to sit in that because like I said, I think there's been some mixed messages around that before with other people and you know whatever we're reading on the internet. So now do you feel in your experience or just in general that introverts are underestimated? Have you ever experienced anything like this? Like what have you observed and what are your thoughts? Yeah, so in this situation, I'm probably more referring to those people who are a little bit more quiet. Now, I definitely am. It's quite often, um, even the other day, I was speaking to a friend who, you know, she's quite out there. Like you can't miss her if you're at a networking event. But we first met quite a while ago at a networking event. And she said, look, Jess, I'm going to be honest. When I first met you, I'd followed you online. I know who you are. But when I met you in person, I was kind of like, is that it? And I was like, this is a, 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 you know, a common response that I've had throughout my whole life. People are kind of like, oh, Jess is so quiet. Even when I was at uni, one of my friends who became quite a good friend, we're not friends anymore, but she said that her parents actually said to her, look, I think Jess is just too quiet for you. She's probably just going to be too boring and you'll get sick of her. And so these are the responses that I've had to my quieter demeanor my whole life. Mm -hmm. Even when I finished uni, I was probably, if we could measure it, I was probably the only student that graduated that year that had five internships, like 30 courses that I went and did online in addition to my thing. I probably was the most qualified graduate they'd ever seen. And Mm -hmm. so I got quite a few interviews. However, a lot of the feedback that I got, I never got the job. It took me about two, three years after uni to get a job in marketing um, because they said, look, you just don't seem confident enough. Or I don't think you're going to fit in because I was working in the marketing industry and, you know, they thrive off extrovert sort of energy. And so they sort of said, look, we just don't think you'll fit with the team or we think you'll be too quiet or, you know, we think you'll be too easily intimidated. There was all of these sort of things coming back in the feedback and they meant it in a nice way. But what that just said to me was that being quiet is not okay. So how can I be more loud? And for me and many other people who fit in that more quieter, introverted, um, you know, category is that, we feel like we need or we feel like confidence equals being loud or being Mm -hmm. out there. And Mm -hmm. I want to share with everyone, it is not the case. And for so long, I was trying to figure out how can I be more loud? Okay, I haven't said anything for a while. I better say something so people remember I'm here. Or these kind of thoughts went through my head, not consciously though. At the time, these weren't conscious thoughts. This was just sort of the general feeling I was having. But through building my own business, and you'll agree with me on this, is that it is the best self-development that you'll ever have, is starting Mm -hmm. your own business and going through that process, especially if you are working with coaches, doing the mindset work and all of that. And so it wasn't until probably the last one to two years that I really sat into leveraging my introvert energy and being that quieter person because I have important stuff to say. I have a shitload of things I want to say. Mm -hmm. And for so long, I was petrified of public speaking. 
-hmm. I would avoid it any chance I got. If I had to do it at university, my whole body would shut down. My brain did not work. My body went red. I would shake. Like my whole body took over. And so people wouldn't believe that I'm getting up. And when I come to Sydney in a couple of months, I'm speaking at a conference with 2,000 people, um, you know, at the online retailer conference. And people still say to me, wow, Jess, you're so confident. How do you do it? The thing is, it took time. I didn't just wake up one day and say, I'm going to be confident. And now that still doesn't mean I'm going to jump up on stage and woo and hype up everyone, but I'm going to get my message across in the best way that I know how. Attention, women in business, get ready to ignite your success and elevate your game. Join me for an exclusive three-day women in business conference from October 31st to November 2nd at the breathtaking Gold Coast, Australia. Designed exclusively for online business owners, service-based business owners, coaches, consultants, and course creators. What to expect at this amazing three-day Women in Business Conference? Expect an immersive experience filled with fun, empowering keynote speakers, interactive workshops, networking opportunities with other successful business owners, gain valuable insights, forge meaningful connections, and leave inspired to take your business to new heights. 12 speakers have already been announced with five more speakers being announced shortly. We have Steph Taylor joining us, Anita Seek joining us, Lisa Cordiff joining us, and not to mention Manny from Sound Healing Australia, who will be there for the most magical sound healing experience ever. You do not want to miss the event of the year for women in business. To secure your ticket, head to AngelaHenderson.com.au today. Again, what works for some won't work for others. That's what, you know, you know, we've had this conversation. We're both business coaches, but the way you coach people, people will need you in their world, right? The way that I coach people, people will need me in their world. And that's why, like, I, I think the beauty about being able to people to understand is that we don't all have to be like that high energy and out there and screaming and raw, raw and freaking party streamers all the time, right? Like we can still do amazing fucking things. We can still be speakers. We can still do this without all of that. Now, if you choose to do that, that's all right. But for those introverts, just know that you can find your own path. You can find your own way without doing what everyone else is doing and still be a great leader, still be an amazing woman in business and still be an amazing mother and just an amazing general human, right? But again, it's that's why I'm like super passionate that we're having this conversation today because I want all women to feel empowered with whatever they have that's presented in front of them. Absolutely. And I don't think, and I don't want anyone to take this as a way that I'm saying being that woo hype girl and being super loud is a bad thing because that is amazing if that is truly who you are. I just want to share this different message because I think for so long, and there's an amazing book called Quiet by Susan Cain, and she dives into a lot of the studies around this. Since about the the period of the industrial era, we are told that we need to be loud in order to make sales, to be that sales guy, to be on TV, you know, to do these things. And so it's a whole deep conditioning over many, many years that our society is sort of saying, well, to be a leader, to be heard, to do these things, you have to be loud. But I want to share the fact that, hey, I have gotten here, but this is really who I am at my core. and that's because I've built up confidence over time and confidence does not mean I have to be the loudest one in the room. I will still sit back at networking things and I will observe the room. And that is sort of, um, I guess, a benefit or a strength of being an introvert is that we are quite deep listeners. We sit back and observe rather than just 
and Turian, you know, in whatever it is. So we're able to sort of scope out the room a little bit more and just really notice things that maybe others might not. And you've touched a little bit on, but are you able to go a little bit deeper about some of the top myths around introverts and business that you've seen? Yeah, so in terms of myths, I guess, you know, one thing that I heard quite a bit when I was hanging out on Clubhouse, for some reason people kept popping up and saying, oh, thanks for the tips, but I'm an introvert so I can't show up online or but I'm an introvert so... I can't sell what I'm trying to sell or I'm an introvert so I can't network and meet these people. Um, But that's just your own limiting belief. And, you know, where did you develop that story is what I'd love people to think about because I am an introvert and I've done all of those things. I have flown to Sydney and Melbourne because, to be honest, there's not too many, uh, you know, big people in Perth or the fashion industry when I was sort of, focusing more on my swimwear in Perth. So I would fly to Sydney and Melbourne and just send people messages and catch up for coffee dates. Mm -hmm. And I would meet with the most incredible people that I now get to call friends and they've helped me along my journey and we've sort of helped each other out. But I'm an introvert. It doesn't mean that I can't go over there, put myself out there and try and meet with people. Mm -hmm. But what I've figured out is that me meeting one-on-one is so much stronger for the other person and for me to gain more from that relationship because Mm -hmm. then we can really deeply connect. If I'm in a big group of, let's say, five people, I probably wouldn't say too much um, because I'm more listening, whereas in a one-to-one sort of situation, I'm able to get to know them more, they're able to get me more, and that's just where I find that I thrive. So, a lot of these myths or I guess excuses in a way don't necessarily have to be the case. And that's the same with me getting up on stage and speaking to hundreds or thousands of people is it just takes practice. And the very first speaking opportunity that I did for my business, I spent three weeks preparing, memorizing for a five minute presentation Mm -hmm. five minutes and when I got up there and started speaking my body took over again I forgot what I was going to say and I even accidentally threw the clicker on the floor and broke the clicker because I was so nervous my arms were going around and then everyone after me didn't have a clicker to use for their presentation so it didn't go great but that was one step closer, right? I'd mm-hmm. overcome that. And mm-hmm. each time I have done it, someone who was at that very first event saw me speak two years later and they said, oh my gosh, Jess, you've gotten so much more confident and better at this. And then they saw me two years later and they said, oh my gosh, you're even better than last time. Mm-hmm. And so I just knew that this is not something I love. And sometimes people sit behind that. Um but I didn't love it because I had these mindset blocks. Mm-hmm. But I knew that by doing this, by getting myself out there and speaking, it is going to help me grow my networks, grow my business. And mm-hmm. I knew that that was something that I had to do. So don't hide behind the fact that you don't like something because it's hard. Sometimes yeah. you have to go through hard things to get there. And I think there's a lot of messaging out there right now that's saying, if it doesn't align with you, if it doesn't feel great, don't do it, which, mm-hmm. yes, that is true don't do things that don't align. But if you're not sure what aligns with you, then do some digger deeping, because mm. uh, deeper digging. I think I'm <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, But do that because for me, I could have very well sat home and said, look, I don't enjoy public speaking. 
I'm just not going to ever give it a go. And I wouldn't be here speaking to you right now because I would have said, hell no, I'm not coming on a podcast. I can't public speak. It's not something that I do. And look, I'm here with zero zero real preparation other than the past five to 20 years of my life preparing for this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's that's where we are. And I think he makes a really good point there about like, just because you're an introvert doesn't mean that it coincides with you're not going to be a speaker, right? Like you said, there's some mindset shit that needs to be unblocked there, right? Like you can't say, oh, if I can't do this, I'm an introvert, can't do this kind of an introvert, can't do this, I'm an introvert. Again, if you go back to introverts or just quiet, more quiet, right? Their energy is, mm-hmm. well, that doesn't mean that you couldn't get on stage, give an amazing presentation and then just go to your hotel room. Mm-hmm. You know, a good friend of mine, Denise Duffield Thomas, she talks about her energy. She's quite an introvert too. And she'll say like, um, she's speaking at my retreat in November and she's like, and you know, would you mind if I go first? Because I perform better in the morning when I'm well rested. My energy hasn't been tapped by anyone else. Obviously her kids won't be at the retreat. Uh, So she's like, I just want to wake up. I can give the best in the morning because in the afternoon, the more I'm around people, she goes, it's not that I don't want to be around them. It's just that my energy is getting depleted from the beginning. Right. So by her knowing that it doesn't mean that she can't be a speaker because she's an introvert. It just means that, Hey, let's just put her first instead of last so that she's got the opportunity to be her best. Right. So I think it's important that just because you're an introvert doesn't mean you can't speak doesn't mean you can't have a successful business and there's more to it than that and that's like again I agree with you as I would encourage you to look at what's happening in, into your internal world where those stories and beliefs have or where they're coming from are acknowledged and then because until you deal with that um, you're going to struggle with business collectively regardless if you're an introvert or not absolutely Now, what are some of the benefits? Again, you've touched a little bit about being able to sit in the back of rooms and observe and uh, and absorb, but what are some of the other benefits you found of being an introvert in business? Yeah, so for me, it's it's been really awesome for me discovering this and just getting really, really clear. So I always have known that this is the way I operate. But for me, um, you know, being an introvert, you you touched on the energy side of it, but also the fact that we can listen more deeply. We, we're not there to just talk. We're there to quite listen. And so I've utilized this through my coaching. I'm able to really, truly listen to what my clients are wanting to do and gain rather than me just jumping in and saying, I have all the answers. I'm there to actually listen and then help them formulate the best path forward. And so I've been able to really tap into that deep listening to not only form greater connections with people, but help my clients succeed as well. So I've really leveraged that to my best ability. And then in terms of, you know, the energy management side of it, and there are so many more things, but, you know, everyone is quite unique in their, in their strengths as well. So I'd really encourage you guys to investigate and dig a bit deeper on how is the best way that you work. But for me, with the energy side of it, I had a coach once and he said, look, you're working from home, you would be more productive in an office, you need to get an office. And so I got an office and I had, you know, my team members come in there sometimes. But what I found is that I was not as productive because I wasn't in my home. I wasn't where I was comfortable. Um, You know, sometimes I like to just sit in the backyard in the lunch break or, you know, watch TV at lunchtime if I need to (laughs) or, you know, have a lay down, whatever it is. But when I was in the office, 
I didn't have those comforts. And when there was other people around, I didn't really get anything done. And so for me, I've realized that screw it. Who cares what the traditional idea of success is? And to be honest, that's not a great coach who's who's just telling you what they their perception of success is because um, you know, that's not always going to be everyone's perception of success. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I entered into that and I learned pretty quickly. I hate commuting. I don't like leaving home. Some people say to me, Jess, don't you go crazy sitting at home all day? To be honest, what day is it? It's Friday. And I haven't left home since Monday. Mm-hmm. I have not left. I've been outside, but I haven't left. I haven't driven anywhere, so I save a lot on fuel, but (laughs) I haven't left. I can still connect with people online and through social media, but I love it. I wouldn't go anywhere if I didn't have to, Mm -hmm. Um, whereas other people go crazy if they don't have that human interaction and more of the extrovert energy. But for me, that's something that I've found is really actually my idea of success is having that comfortable home situation where I can create a thriving and massive business, but you don't have to subscribe to the traditional idea of success either. And it is so important. Uh, Again, even with me, with my own business coaching, it's one of those things that I'm always like, listen, this is something that we can explore. Let's see what it works for you. Let's see how it feels for you. Let's see what you do it. Co-working spaces are not for everyone. Working again in office environment, man, it sucks ass sometimes, right? You're dealing with the noise and the sounds and people leaving their shit everywhere, right? Like I'm like, it actually can stress me more out than be more helpful. Uh, But also just being able to pick and choose when we like, I don't mind co-working, but I'm very specific about where I go when I go, who I'm hanging out with. And I can only only do it for a day, right? Because then after that, I'm like, again, I've talked to too many people. It's like, it's kind of like one of those reels where they're like people, right? Like, that's how I kind of feel where I'm like, oh my God, I've got to deal with people, right? Um, And again, but being able to, like you said, assess and really stay true to what works for you. I remember being in the Philippines at Chris Ducker's mastermind a few years ago. And one of the amazing speakers with Hal Aldred, uh, he's a Uh, author of Miracle Mornings, but, and he's like, well, you know, you have to wake up at four in the morning and drink your green smoothies and do all this and all these habits. And don't get me wrong. I think there's a time and place for habits, right? But I'm Mm. also like, if you're a brand new mom, uh, 4am in the morning could be that you're just woken up for the 50th time in one in an eight hour span, that it might not work for you. And so I was saying like, this might work for some, but it's not the end all and be all that you're going to, unless you wake up at 4am, you're going to be successful. And I think it's about just staying true to what works for you. I'm a night owl. I'm actually more productive at night than I am in the morning. So me trying to do freaking yoga and drink green smoothies and do whatever. And then my, my gratitude journal at first, thing, it doesn't work for me, but it will work for some other people, you know? So regardless, again, if you're an introvert or extrovert, finding what works for you is equally going to help you to own your space and to carve your space. Uh, but also you'll start to find your niche from your, your brand too. So I think it's so important. Absolutely. And even just in saying that, you know, the more that I've embraced my introverted qualities, the more introverts that I'm attracting, and then therefore I can help them on their journey in the same space as well. Yep. And for you, do you find like what for those introverts out there who might be struggling to find and embrace their introvertism? Is that a word introvertism? I think it is. I don't know. It sounds fun, though. What are some of like your top two, top three tips that you would give those that are out there listening right now? Well, my biggest tip is just get out there. Um, And I don't mean get out there and deplete your energy, but get out there and get out of your comfort zone because being an introvert doesn't mean that you can just sit in your comfort zone. 
Uh, you've got to do things that are scary and put yourself out there and meet new people and and do that, but do it with do it with consciousness, you know, do it with purpose because if you go to a networking event, say for an example, choose maybe even if you know who's going, then choose two key people that you really want to connect with that day. Otherwise, just put the intention out there that, hmm, I would really love to meet someone in marketing. So let me just sort of scan the room and just sort of beeline it for that for that person and try and connect with them um, on a deeper level. So there are definitely things that you can do, but I think getting out of your comfort zone is definitely key and don't use being an introvert as an excuse. Yep, I love it because, again, we have choices every single day about what we want to do, who we want to be, and how we're going to show up. Uh, Being an introvert doesn't, I love it, does not mean that it's an excuse to not be successful, right? Again, work on that stuff and get through it. Now, my last question to you is for those listeners who are wanting to connect, what is the best way for them to connect with you? How can they access you? Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Absolutely. So the best way to connect is probably through my Instagram. It's just jess.williamson8. And my DMs are always open. I am one of those people who will reply to every DM as long as it's not a bot. Um, no <laughs> to those. Um, but I, I am always open and I love conversations. So even feel free to reach out and send me a DM and let me know if you've listened to this episode. Now, I also know before we were hit recording, we were talking about this amazing uh, resource that you have for individuals. And I think for those individuals who really need to kind of dig deeper at their mindset, would you like to share that resource with everyone also? Absolutely. So I have a free workbook to help you work through those limiting beliefs. And so I think this is great for anyone, not just introverts, but it will help you to sort of identify some of those thoughts that might be holding you back. So my free resource, you can get it through the link in my bio on Instagram or via my website. And I have a free resources tab there. And my website is just jessicawilliamson.com.au. Fantastic. And we'll make sure to include those in the show notes. Now, my final question before we wrap up this amazing episode about all introvertism is what do you know now that you wish you knew when you first started out in business? I wish I could see that I'm like speaking on podcasts and speaking on stages, um, mm-hmm. but that's not necessarily a tip. But I I would be gobsmacked if I was where I was at 22 years old starting this business. If I could see the entire journey that I've been on, I, I would just be absolutely gobsmacked. Um, and I think that is something that every entrepreneur needs to practice more often because I've shared this with my communities a few times and I've said, look back and I want you to write down one thing that you have achieved every month for even just the past year, but you could even write down one thing for the past few years in business. And it shifts the mindset completely because we are always focused on what is ahead, which means we're focusing on the things that we haven't yet achieved. But Mm -hmm. if we can look back it reinforces that in our minds that then helps us to gain that momentum and motivation to catapult us forward. So I think even just talking about this now, I'm like, I'm getting those feelings because I probably haven't reflected on even what I've achieved in the past year enough myself. So Mm -hmm. I think that should be a reminder for everyone to do it as regularly as possible. 
I do love that. And reflection is, again, something because we're always looking for the next thing, right? Or it's like, especially when we're in, I believe in kind of beginner stages, it's like kind of like, where's the next sale? What's the next thing, right? But I encourage my clients to keep a success journal and they can either keep it in their phone, they can write it down. Like, I don't care where they have it. And anytime they start to feel like this is shit that, you know, the whole entrepreneur roller coaster, I'm like, pull out this, but then add to it. And people are amazed when they start to like over the years go, oh my goodness, my, it's no longer a page. It's now, you know, three pages and it's turning into like a mini book because the thing is, is we're so quick to not celebrate our wins and a win. It's like, don't forget to celebrate the small ones. Like, oh my goodness, I finally emailed this person. Still a freaking win, right? Still a success, still a tick. And I often talk about James Clear's book, uh, James James Clear, The Atomic Habits. And he talks about like the 1% accumulation rule. And even if you're doing 1% of something today, that's going to accumulate tomorrow in, in, in the knock-on effect. And same with our successes. If you can just accumulate those successes and review on them, I think it's it just adds so much gratitude to our world, but also that feeling of like, fuck yeah, I'm actually going so much further than what I thought I was. Yeah. A hundred percent. Listen, this has been epic talking. Like I said, we could probably talk for hours about a variety (laughs) of conversations, but thank you so much for being able to share your experience as an introvert, a successful introvert in business and how others cannot use that as an excuse, but really embrace the introvertism to their overall benefit in succeeding in business. So I really appreciate you taking the time to be here today, Jess. For the rest of you, my team and I will be putting together the show notes for this episode at AngelaHenderson.com.au and we'll be ensure to include all those links that you can um, access access just for whatever way works best for you. Uh, And for the rest of you, have a fabulous day, no matter where you are in the world. And I look forward to you joining me again next week for another awesome episode of the Business and Life Conversations podcast. Thanks again, Jess. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast with Angela Henderson. www.angelahenderson.com.au